social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and welcome back to another exciting episode of All the Social Ladies. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Amanda Chengris. She's the Senior Social Media Marketing Analyst for Highmark, and she works in the healthcare space. So that's a part of Blue Cross Blue Shield, and that's a very, very important area in social because it's an area that can impact so many people. She began her professional life as a TV and radio news anchor and reporter, so I can't wait to talk to her about that change. Amanda is the Twitter lead and blog co-lead at Highmark, and she also, fun fact, won Social Media Professional of the Year in 2013. So please welcome Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Amanda, I cannot wait to hear the story of your career as I was reading all about you, and I, I, I just want to hear it from you. Tell me about the whole start and how you ended up where you ended now, because you've had a very varied career. I really have. And the funny part is a lot of the same skills have helped me along the way. So it's been uh, sort of a, a interesting career path, maybe not the most traditional, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are working in social media today have found sort of varied ways to get to this career area, and we're all just kind of making it work. I think over time, maybe there'll be a, a traditional social media path, but I don't think we've really seen it coalesce quite yet. Um, I guess I started my career in TV news. I was a uh, reporter and anchor. I shot all my own video for the first several years, uh, did all my own editing, writing, you name it, I did it. I was a utility player in the newsroom, did that for about five years. And then one of my newsroom connections, a member of the community who, uh, he was the head of the marketing communications department at the local hospital, had his department increased from a department of one to a department of two. And he called me up and said, you know, would you be interested in moving over into a marketing communications role within the hospital? And I said, sure, okay, more regular hours, better pay, lots more vacation. This is looking pretty good. So I moved over there. And uh, then early in 2009, this was, you know, about a year and a half later, the Chamber of Commerce uh, locally, this is down in Maryland, held their first social media conference. And I brought it up to my boss, and he was sort of lukewarm about it, but, you know, thinking about it. And in the meantime, while that thought was going on, our CEO walked in, and he was a member of the board of the Chamber of Commerce, and he said, I want you to go to this conference. So that was that. Oh, how fortuitous. (laughs) That was it. Right, I know. So that that kind of got me on the path to create a whole little – Uh, sort of mini empire in social media. I started the hospital's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, blog, Flickr, an email newsletter, and even a Google Plus page uh, over the ensuing several years. And I left that behind just in February of this year. 
and uh, came up here to Highmark to join a much larger team. I was the only person doing social at the hospital, right. and it was sort of in addition to all of the other things that I was doing. So now I'm part of a six-person social media team at Highmark, and Highmark is a health insurance company, like you said, operating in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Delaware. I got to throw in that opinions expressed are mine and not necessarily those of Highmark. That's the only legalese I have to draw. That is that. absolutely perfect and so relevant when we talk about being in a regulated industry, I feel. It's, exactly. It's so true. <laughs> okay, so I have a bunch of questions from the beginning of your career, and then I want to go into Highmark. But before we get there, so when you made the change to go to the hospital, what, how secure, like, that's a big career change. Were you nervous about the career change or did you feel just totally ready to get like out of news? Oh, I felt so conflicted about it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure that it was the right choice. To be perfectly honest, I really loved what I was doing in the news business. And I, you know, it was something where I really enjoyed what I was doing. I was sort of running into a few walls with, I mean, there are only so many jobs available, and everybody sort of has an an idea of who they want to fill this certain hole when they have an opening. And it can be really subjective and really tough to to kind of make those career moves within TV news. And so I was running into that a little bit and, you know, sort of... not not in love with it as much as I had been, but I loved the sort of day-to-day. Everything was different and fresh and new, and the space moved, and, you know, things developed really quickly, and you had to shift gears, you know. Does any of this sound familiar to social media? Uh. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's what I really found myself thriving on. And then sort of this, it really came down to it, you know, it was more um, more steady, a more sure job. Yep. You know, it wasn't a one-year contract yep. or a six-month contract. Yep. There wasn't a $10,000 out to be paid if I had to, if I tried to leave early, that, right. those kinds of things. Right. So all of that side of the TV news business was, you know, not part of working for a hospital. Um, I, it's, it was local. It was right there with my family, with my husband's family. That was great. Um, and, we were just, it, it seemed like a good step at the time, and it turned out to be really great for my career path, to be perfectly honest. I think I'm a much better, really, I was a much better marketer even than I was in, in terms of TV news, and I think I'm so much better at social media than I ever could have been as a reporter or anchor, honestly. I, I love that this was, it sounds like, from the way you're describing it, it, was like a little bit of a lifestyle choice that ended up being the most incredible career choice for you. It's really, that's exciting. It really did. It, yeah. it, 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 there were so many, you know, factors outside of career paths that, right. that added up right. to this decision. And it, it turned out really well. I ended up sort of where I needed to be. I think that's so important for young women, too, to hear, is that, you know, making career choices based on a variety of factors is okay and good, you know, and a lot of times it can end up benefiting you in the long run. Absolutely. Even if it doesn't look like, you know, the best career choice, it can put you on a path that sends you, you know, off in a completely different direction than you imagined, but that can be a wonderful thing. I love that and to- and totally support it. So when you went over to the hospital and then, you, okay, so the Chamber of Commerce conference and you're, it's all, it's so fortuitous and now you're back in like this kind of real time sort of environment, which is what I'm sure is part of what attracted to you, attracted you about social media in general is like the hustle and bustle. It's kind of like news, isn't it? It really is so similar. It is. It That's is. That's what I loved so much. It was like sort of the first thing I loved about Twitter because I was coming from 
a newsroom environment where you have the AP news feed, you've got the scanner going off in the background, you've got like this constant information coming at you all the time. And I loved that. Absolutely loved it. And then I sort of pulled the plug when I went into an office environment and I went, oh, now I don't know every single thing that's going on in the world. And so my first, like, the first, my first use of Twitter was really to plug into news sources, whether right. that's local news sources like people I know or the, you know, the traditional news sources, the media sources that you're familiar with from, you know, I think CNN was one of my first follows, the breaking news, the, sure. you know, the local newspaper, that kind of stuff. So I could keep tabs on what was going on. And that really, it was almost like a security blanket, like this really great, you know, piece of it the news business that I could hold on to. I love that. And so, so you get to the hospital, you go to the conference, you decide you're, we're going to do social media for the hospital. Did you get any initial resistance? Because uh, hospitals are not always the fastest to act on bringing together these types of social presences. How were you able to kind of push that through? Was there overall senior leadership buy-in or did you have to do a lot of pushing? I was so lucky. I know so many people who did not have an easy time with this. But like I said, our CEO was all for it. I mean, he was the one who sent me to the conference. He's the one who, you know, I came back all excited with a million ideas, of course, like anybody who goes to any conference. It was this was just a brand new area and this, you know, landscape that I could just carve it out completely from scratch and make it my own and do what I do what, you know, I wanted but do what was best for the hospital as well, of course. And he was it, my CEO was just like, "Yeah, go ahead." That's incredible. <laughs> I, and were you- I pinch myself and count my lucky stars, but that it was really that easy. And were you able to show results for them? Were you able to show the impact that social had? Yes, uh, I actually ended up getting a tool that helped out with that a little bit. It was kind of post-go-live for most of the channels, yes. but I was using, uh, it's a relatively inexpensive tool called Argyle Social, yep. and they, um, they're, they're wonderful people to work with, first of all, but they have a, it's sort of a light tool um, that doesn't have a huge price tag associated with it, so if you need sort of light analytics... It'll give you what you need to show sort of trends and what people are clicking on and that those sort of essentials that these days you have to have. Ooh, that's a great to tip. Make a case. That's a great tip for Argyle Social and just looking at in general um, what especially smaller businesses or single location businesses can really use to get something light and not too uh, expensive. That's a great tip. Right. You don't need a Radian 6 to do, <laughs> you know social media for one hospital in one location, as long as you're not gigantic, you know, as a standalone Correct. place. And so then you went over to Highmark. You went from being kind of running the social show and it was you and, you know, a two people, two person team and you're headed over to Highmark and now you have a big team with you. So tell us a little bit about the strategy behind Highmark's uh, presence in social and how you approach social media on behalf of Highmark. Well, we have uh, channel leads for, so we have each of our channels have leads, and then we have co-leads for the blog because it's, it, there's just so much more to it. There's so much more to a blog post than there is to a tweet. Yep. So uh, the channel leads are responsible for posting and then responding to inquiries during work hours. Uh, we have a rotating schedule for after hours monitoring. We all take, you know, every five weeks we have our week. Yeah. That's our, our, for our after hours monitoring. Uh, as channel leads, we're responsible for any ads or promotions, um, managing that budget. 
uh, the calendaring and all of the overall strategy. What are we talking about this month? When are we going to talk about it? How does that all work out in the flow of things? We usually work about a month in advance. We just did our uh, September calendar. Yeah. Just did the assignments this week. And then we're also, as channel leads, responsible for gathering analytics. So at the end of the month, or usually at the beginning of the following month, to allow for all the data to come in, of course. But we go ahead and, and for me, I get together all of the Twitter statistics, you know, what worked, what didn't, what, you know, sort of key conversations played out, those sorts of things, and put them together as for part of what becomes our monthly report. And so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, We also have client managers. So internally and externally, we've divided up the subject matter experts, and we're each responsible for a list of them. There are so many because Highmark is a gigantic company. Mm-hmm. So we then we get to sort of develop relationships and be resources for each other. So we need content reviewed by, say, the women's health team. They need to review anything that goes out from us that's related to women's health. There's a lot of content there. So they need to review that. And then also, if they have a message they need to get out, they can come to us, and then we can sort of translate it for a social audience. And so is it a different strategy by channel do, or do you all work together to have an overall like this is why we're here, why we're in social and then drill it down to the specific channels or do you have just totally different strategies per per network? Mostly it's it's an overall strategy. We um it, of course, with you know health insurance, yep. health care, it's yep. not exactly a call now, order today. Right. You know, here's a discount kind right. of business because right. you don't want to think about it until you need it. Right. Um, quick recommendation for Chris Bevelo's book, Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital. I'm not sure if you've read that one. It is a fantastic book. I just nodded the whole way through it because I I just wanted to jump up and say amen. Like. Wow. Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital. That's amazing. And it's an overall marketing book, but it has a lot of application within social media. And especially if you're in a business that, you know, who wants to think about healthcare? Right. No one. Right. Nobody really wants to need healthcare and health insurance even more so. You don't want to bother with it. You just want it to work when you need it. Right. So our, our strategy is really, you know, to to be a thought leader, to connect with the community, to give health and wellness, you know, some promotion, some advice. Uh, some insurance education, yes, we have, you know, with the Affordable Care Act, we've had a lot to talk about because there's been a lot that has changed. Right. And we're always trying to, you know, grow and change along with it and offer new tools and, and capabilities to uh, help people make the most of the insurance maybe that they now have for the first time in a long time. So, and, and even more so empowerment saying, you know, you can make a difference in your health, you can make it, you can choose, you can make choices that impact the way your health, your health insurance works. Those sorts of messages are really important for us. And I'd say it is overall sort of, that's, that's sort of the message at a global level. And then we tailor it for each of the different channels. On Facebook, of course, you can go into a little bit more detail on the blog you can really get into the nitty-gritty if, right. you, if you can keep a reader long enough. Right. Uh, you know, on Twitter, you're going to have, you know, a couple of seconds if you're lucky. So, you know, get to it and, and throw a link out there if you need to, that kind of thing. And so it sounds like it's really all about education and awareness, really around health and wellness, around deconstructing health insurance, around all of that is really about educating and helping make people aware 
of the change, not only the changes, but just overall living a healthy lifestyle, et cetera. Because you're right that you don't automatically think like, oh, I need to buy health insurance today or anything. It's not an immediate click click to action type of mm-hmm. item. And if it is that day, it's a pain in the butt. It's not something you want to think about. It's you not a pleasant day, right? <laughs> you just want it. You just want it to work for you. And I think that that's what's so so challenging. So, are you able to, as as a regulated company, are you able to express empathy or sympathy through that process, which is so difficult? Like, are you able to identify with people, or do you have to keep your tone very very straight? We are actually even more able to express empathy here than I was at the hospital. That's awesome. Which is an interesting thing for, for me because at the hospital, if I expressed empathy, it might indicate that someone maybe did something wrong. Yeah, yeah. And so there could be culpability and the risk management people didn't want me to get into that. Yeah. So I, but here, you know, if a process isn't working, if, um, if, People, whether it's an internal process or an overall, you know, healthcare insurance, you know, ACA sort of process, if something's not working, we can absolutely, we're very empowered to say, I'm so sorry this isn't working. I'm so sorry you're having this problem. I know this is tough. I do this once a year too, and it's a pain. You know, th- those sorts of things, we can be very real with people. And I love that, especially on Twitter. That's, again, my favorite channel and, you know, my, I'm the lead here at Highmark. So, uh, it's a, it's a great a way to to kind of take down the wall between yes. you know this great big building in Pittsburgh and people who are out there and actually having problems and when they get a response you know whether they've tagged us or just happened to mention Highmark and we're running a search and we see them you know if we can reach out when they're you know not having the best time and try at least try to help sometimes there's very little we can do sometimes there's a lot. But we can kind of get in there and turn it around, ideally. Now, is any of your strategy or any of your approach or content directed at businesses or is it all at consumer? Is it at the business who chooses chooses your insurance or is it or is it at the actual consumers at all times? Generally speaking, we're talking to the the general public. Yep. Uh, because it's it's pretty tough to target down to that level within social tools, down to the business level. Like, you know, you may be considering who your health insurance right. is going, you know, whatever. Uh, that's a real, that's a, the, those decision makers are such a small niche. Right. They're very important, of course, but it's so narrow that, you know, not even the best filter is going to let you really just talk to them. Absolutely. And so it it hasn't, it hasn't really worked for us in that way. So we try and keep it more general and, you know, ideally make people, you know, happy when they see that Highmark is an offering that are part of their health insurance offering. Absolutely. So tell me about some of the things that you've seen at Highmark that you consider really a success, some of the things that you've executed that you're really happy with or proud of. Oh, wow. We just actually in June launched our blog, and I could not be more proud of that thing. I, it's, um, <laughs> it's been a labor of love and dedication and, you know, many a late night and a lot, a lot of writing and editing. And it's just the content there, honestly, is some of the best stuff I've seen in, in certainly a social media space and especially related to health or health care. We really try and get down into, you know, nitty-gritty of issues explaining, you know, what on earth a high-deductible health plan is, 
what does that mean, you know, for a real person, not for a brochure, for talking about health issues and, and going beyond sort of what I would have done back in my news days? you know, with sort of, you know, a high-level overview, which is perfectly fine and absolutely has its place. But I can, you know, with a blog, we can get into, you know, further steps, what you can learn, something associated, go on a tangent and a sidebar and, you know, provide a link to something that's really going to be helpful and useful directly in, you know, the reader's everyday life. So it, that that's just been a great experience, not one without pitfalls and stumbling blocks. Of course, of course. <laughs> it always is. But I, I'm a big fan of the use of blogs to both overall drive traffic to the website and also as a hub for generating micro content, which you can use on Facebook and Twitter, using snippets of each piece for that, I think right. is so great. And so Yeah, I'll, we do a lot of that. Oh, mm-hmm. good. I'm excited you're doing that. And what would you say is the biggest challenge for you? At Highmark, like what's it? What's a challenge that you guys are trying to achieve that you haven't yet been able to crack? Well, we've got. I'll I'll tell you, we've got a challenge that um, you sort of alluded to with with it being a regulated space, and of course, there are things you can and can't say, and we have to try and keep up with the speed of social, but also stay within all of the rules that exist. So. Something we've we've put in place to try and meet that challenge is a really deliberate approval process. Mm-hmm. So every piece, every single tweet, every Facebook post, every pin on Pinterest, every blog post, every Instagram photo, absolutely every single thing gets at least one approval. And that can be, in some cases, internal to our team. So, a, hey, I need somebody to approve this kind of thing. It right. can be right in the room and, and pretty quick and easy, but but about 99% of it goes through at least one subject matter expert here within the company to make sure that, you know, whatever we're linking to, if I think, you know, oh, this article about, you know, the uh, uh, immunization safety, vaccine safety, you know, sounds pretty good to me, but I'm a social media expert. I'm, I'm, I have no real medical background aside from working in a hospital, so I'm not your doctor. I need to have someone review that and make sure that the material that we're sending out under the Highmark name is reliable, comes from a good source, it is making the correct points in terms, in the opinions of our medical experts here internally. So we've got to get that kind of buy-in and then put it all out there and that, I mean, it can add, it certainly adds time to the process. And it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we found something that, that tends to help us stay within all of those rules and regulations and just the desires to stay on, on message and keep the brand intact. So it sounds like the challenge might be that you're, you're unable to move necessarily as quickly as social media moves, but you've adapted with these approval processes to help try and speed the process and make it as seamless as possible. Right. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging in a regulated industry such as yours to be able to work with speed. But it does sound like you have some nice some nice workarounds there with having the approvals and subject matter. And do you have a legal team that's very involved in social? How does you, how involved is your legal team in the social media process? They're involved, but they don't they don't do any content review for us. They've kind of let us go with the subject matter experts for approvals in that regard. When we want to add, say, a new channel or a new tool, um, 
like a social media dashboard tool or something like that, then legal is part of the discussion. And but they they the representatives that I've worked with personally, they tend to get it. They understand, you know, what social is. There isn't a lot of a huge learning curve to overcome. So that's been very nice as well. It's it sounds like you guys are really ahead of the game, honestly. In um, I've spoken to many, many different and on the podcast, even many different regulated groups. And it just you're really nice. It sounds like you have a lot of team collaboration there. That's so great. It is a wonderful team. I, I had no idea how good it was going to be when I took the job and picked up and moved from Maryland up here. But uh, kind of once again, I ended up where I think I'm supposed to be. It's a fantastic team. And, you know, we can take on the world. We know we can do it. I love it. And so do you have different measurement uh, goals or KPIs by channel? And do you, if so, is there like one overarching metric that you use to measure the success of your social campaigns? Performance goal-wise, we are, we're tracking in that monthly report month to month. We track likes, follows, those sorts of things, um, engagements, you know, sort of the available statistics that are out there, the easy-to-measure stuff. But then we also try and throw in some of the story. What's really happening? What's changed? What, what conversations have we had through these social outposts with our members or maybe just members of the general public what happened in the past month and what can we learn from that? You know, mm. are people having, is, is one, one issue sort of coming up and coming up and coming up and what can we do to solve it long-term versus solve it at this pain point for this particular person? So what can we learn? What can we apply? What can we factor in as we move forward to, you know, really encourage growth and change from this social feedback? So while our, our nitty-gritty numbers, our, our yearly goals, those sorts of things are, are mainly based on likes, follows, engagements, that sort of, you know, the hard number stuff that's easier to measure, we really try and keep those other factors on the table and in front of our higher-ups as often as possible. Because that's really where we can make the most difference. It's not really, you know, a like is, it's sort of, you know, it's pennies. And then right. a conversation is, is worth a little bit more. And then, you know, solving somebody's problem is, you know, a couple bucks. You know, right. that's sort of, you know, there's a, there, if you want to give it a monetary value, I guess. Right. But we need to sort of teach up to our higher-ups and, and help them come along. You know, we all started out measuring likes and follows. Absolutely everyone did because of that's what you could measure. But we need to grow beyond that and you know, we're, we're starting to make that change. I love it. That's awesome. I, I actually love the concept of, of putting the story, weaving the story in through your metrics, because it's true. When you're looking at, at a social story, it is more than just the base metrics that you're allowed. So if you, if you only have these metrics, why wouldn't you show the conversations where you were able to solve a problem? Mm-hmm. It's really and that's awesome. been, it's been really successful. Our CEO actually got up at an all-employee meeting and, you know, called us out for a particular problem that we solved. And that was, that was great. That's great recognition. And, you know, we got a lot of, you know, pats on the back for, for doing that kind of work when really we were just sort of the conduit through which the person who was having a problem got in touch with the right person to fix it. Right. You know, we're not really fixing anything because You're we just... don't know everything about every insurance program out there. Right. But we can... We can be the, like I said, the conduit. We can be that that bridge. 
So, Amanda, speaking of recognition, you were recognized as a social media professional of the year in 2013. Tell me about mm-hmm. that. Exci- that must have been a very exciting award. Tell me about that experience. It was great. It was actually the uh, American Advertising Federation of Greater Frederick, which Frederick County, Maryland is where I was living at the time. They, uh, I was nominated and actually won their Social Media Professional of the Year Award. It was fantastic to be recognized because there are a lot of really incredible people doing great work in the social media space in that region in particular. And I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of them. I know, I know a lot of people who I feel like were much more deserving of that kind of recognition, but it's been, it was really nice to, you know, my peers in the social media space voted on that and, and, and I won. And I was so thrilled at that kind of just recognition from my peers. That means so much to me. So tell me about what skill set do you need to be outstanding as a social media marketer? Since you are, in fact, the social media professional of the year, I want to well, know yes, what, what of course, <laughs> at all times, I must know what skill set is needed to really succeed in social. I think it all boils down to writing. You've got to have impeccable grammar, spelling, punctuation. You've got to have the, that nitty-gritty detail down, Pat. Ice cold, you know, we all make mistakes now and then, but, you know, be able to catch them on the first draft read-through, that kind of thing. Um, on top of that, you've got to be a storyteller. You've got to go beyond the fundamentals of writing, which, of course, are important, like I just said, but be able to weave those words and sentences and paragraphs into a story and be able to do it in short form like Twitter and long form like blogs, you know, have, have the, the, the skill to make all of those different uh, channels workable. Uh, you've got to have personality. Brands with person- personality stand out and connect with their audiences. We see examples of that all the time. And that personality is something that, that I've been recognized for. One of my other, another peer recognized uh, at a meeting actually stood up and, and mentioned that, you know, the hospital account that I was in, in charge of at the time had so much personality and it was so much fun to read. And a hospital account being fun to read was a really unique thing. That's awesome. And, and our chief medical officer happened to be sitting in that meeting and just came back beaming and, and reported back to me. And that's, you know, another piece of recognition that means the world to me because it's, it's a peer. It's another person awesome. who's doing what I do, recognizing that. But that's the personality is really essential. Another thing is speed. You don't have to be 100% cool under pressure because you're behind a keyboard and <laughs> you can blurt things out in the room and they can <laughs> never make it to your fingers and it's okay. But I think you need to be on your game and quick about it. I, you know, when I see a, a tweet come in that's, you know, somebody having a hard time or giving us a hard time or whatever it happens to be, it's like a clock starts in my head. And uh, I'm just, you know, trying to find a way to get out there and show that we're engaging as quickly as possible, but as intelligently as possible, too. So there's a balance there. Sounds like a sense uh, of urgency. A sense of urgency. Absolutely. But the... 
the new business kind of prepped me of for that. Of course. Too. It all kind of goes back. Of course. Well, those, that is one heck of a skill set. And I, I will tell you, Highmark is really, really lucky to have you there. And it's, it's been a pleasure to interview you. And uh, it's just been a, a great experience for me. So thank you. I, it's really honored learning from you. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been fun talking to you. Thanks, Amanda. And let's definitely stay in touch. Okay, great. You are for sure a social lady. Thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.